Good evening, my brothers and sisters in Christ. This is the day that the Lord has made. We're rejoicing. We are exceedingly glad. Amen. So glad that you are here with us on this evening. Yes, praise is what I do. It's what we do. We praise the Lord God of our salvation. Why? Because God is great and he is greatly to be praised. Good evening, everybody. I see you already in the room. Good to have you with us. Sister Luster, God bless you. Good evening. Shelba Moore, amen. Good evening to you. Amen. Linda Stewart, amen. God bless you. Everybody, go ahead and share this with your neighbors, with your friends. Let them know that you're watching the uh, Bible study live, and we're going to get into the word of God on tonight. God is a great God, y'all. Yes, he is. While we while you are sharing that with your neighbors and your friends, I want to thank I want to thank uh, friends in Illinois, in Danville, Illinois, um, particularly at Second Baptist. You guys, you guys, I love you guys. All we always have, uh, but we I got a special note uh, from one of the members this evening, and thank God for you. I, I'm not going to call your name, but thank you for the encouragement. Thank you for your gift to the church. Uh, we just appreciate you so much. Um, and just thank you for thinking about us uh, in, in, in these moments. We always love you. Amen. And always will. Good evening, Aggie Duvall, uh, Paula, J, Paula T, JSU. Amen. Good evening to you. Uh, Lavertis Walker, Sister Walker, God bless you. Good evening to each of you. Go ahead, continue to share this with your neighbors and your friends. We're going to get into the word of God on tonight. We've got a good Bible study on tonight as we continue in the gospel according to St. Mark. Amen. We will continue in our study of Mark's gospel and see what the Lord uh, has to say to us in his holy word on tonight. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Amen. Listen, let's have a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this day. We thank you for all that you give us and all that you are, all that you mean to us. We bless your holy name, O oh God. How thankful we are uh, that these days that we've gone through, uh, that we in fact have gone through them and we're yet here. Lord, at this time when we reflect on the fact that it was a year ago that our world really changed, 
We're grateful, God, that though the world changed, you remain the same. A God upon whom we could depend. A God in whom we trust. God that never sleeps and never slumbers. Oh God, we bless your name. We've seen so much over these last 365 days when a pandemic came throughout this world and still yet remains. But Lord, with everything that we've seen, we've also seen your powerful hand. We've seen your faithfulness. We've seen your miraculous power. And so Lord, we give you praise, glory, and honor. And we thank you that we believe that better days are yet ahead. Brighter days are on the horizon. Better and brighter days are coming. Lord, we confess that with our mouths and we believe that in our hearts. And so God, we pray now your blessings upon this time in your word open our eyes and open our ears that we might see, hear, and understand the truth contained therein. Granted in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus, our Lord, Savior, and Christ. Amen and amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. I told you better days are coming, y'all. Better and brighter days are coming. I hope y'all can feel that. Really, I do. I feel it in my spirit. I feel it in my soul that better and brighter days are coming. And uh, as I said last Sunday, we're we're uh, beginning that series um, uh, this month. We will just lean into that reality, and uh, I want you to I want you to just declare that, even if you don't feel it, just start declaring it right now. Just start believing it right now that better and brighter days are coming. Amen. Somebody, better and brighter days are coming. I don't know what you've been through. I don't know everything you're going through. But I declare it and I decree it right now. Better and brighter days are coming, y'all. I hope you hear me. Better and brighter days are coming. Amen. 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 That's right. Go ahead and put it in the timeline. Better and brighter days are coming. You heard it here first. Amen. Amen. All right. So let's get into the word tonight. Let's get into the word tonight. Uh, Mark chapter six. Mark chapter six. We want to. peek into this part of Mark's gospel and see uh, this continuous movement. Remember I told you Mark Mark's gospel really moves quickly. It really does. Um, before long, we, we will we will be um, coming upon Jesus and 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 his uh, time in the temple, and 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 later Jesus and his um, his eventual crucifixion. It doesn't take long for Mark to get there. But in Mark chapter six, Mark chapter six, let's pick up where we left off last week. We ended with Mark five, um, where um, he has. Uh, gone through three miraculous uh, moments. Uh, There's the healing of the madman. You remember that? 
Uh, there is the healing of the sick woman. And then there is the raising of the dead girl. Y'all remember all of that, right? And that's where Mark ends, Mark 5 ends with this, this, this girl who had, who had died uh, that Jesus heals, raises her up. And in fact, I, I didn't really get to go into this uh, last week, but so so let me just let me just read a little bit of it and um, and say just a little bit of it before I get into Mark six. Mark five, uh, verse thirty nine says, "And when he was come in, he saith unto them, Why make ye this ado and weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth." They laughed him to scorn. But when he had put them all out, he taketh the father and the mother of the damsel and them that were with him and entered in where the damsel was lying. He took the damsel by the hand. Before I go any further, I want you to look at that. Jesus comes in and he asks, they're crying. They're crying because this little girl has died. And Jesus says to them, look at what Jesus says. He says, why are you? crying and making such a do, such a big deal about this. And really that, I pray that this ministers to someone because things that are a big deal to us, it's no big deal to God. Th things that register huge, you know, on the Richter scale of our lives, God looks at it as, you know, it's not to make light of it, but you need to understand that the things that are big for us are not big to God. The things that are huge and earth shaking and life shattering for us, that, that's not big to God. Not, not, I'm not saying it's not important to God. I'm saying it's not big in the sense that, that it's something that God can't handle. Jesus looks at this situation where this girl has died, his mother and father are in the room, everybody's crying, and Jesus says, basically, this ain't no big deal. Basically, he says, this, this is not a big thing. You're crying, and he's not minimizing their grief, but he's trying to contextualize the fact that this problem is not big for him. It's huge for us. And so stuff that's huge for us is small for him to handle. God, I hope this blesses somebody. God can handle what you can't. God can fix what you can't. God can turn around what you can't. It's not a big thing for him. It's huge for us. But he says, why are you making such a big, big deal about this? says, in fact, she's not even dead. She's asleep. How can you say she's asleep, Lord? Because it's Jesus who's about to turn this whole situation around. Do you, do you hear what I'm saying? It's, it's not big for him. <laughs> Verse 40, 42, he takes her by the, hand, by the hand and says unto her, rise. Verse 42, and straightway the damsel arose and walked for she was of the age of 12 and they were astonished with a great astonishment. Did you see this? He took her by the hand, said, arise. 
she gets up and she starts walking and everybody is floored. Are you hearing me? So I need to say to someone, and I want, I want somebody to hear me real good. The stuff that's keeping you up at night, it ain't no big deal for God. Stuff that's that's causing you to, to, to lose your sleep and use lose your peace of mind. God says, This is not this is not a big thing for me. I can handle it. God can handle it. God can handle it. You need to believe that, beloved. The thing that the thing that's causing you to lose your joy and lose your peace and lose weight and lose everything, lose your sleep and all of that. God says, this is no big thing. I can have, I got this. God says, I've got this. And you need to believe that God's got this. Are you hearing me? All right. All right. So that's how chapter five ends. That's how chapter five ends with Jesus saying to us, quit tripping. Don't you know who I am? <laughs> I got this. This is no big thing. Why are you making such a big deal, big, big deal out of this when I'm here with you? Chapter six begins. Chapter six begins. And he went out from thence and came to his own country. His disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, from whence hath this man these things? hath this man these things, and what wisdom is this which is given unto him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and Judah and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? And They were offended at him. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin and in his own house. And he could not, and he could there do no mighty work, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. I want to look at those verses, verses one through five. We've just seen in chapter five, three mighty miracles. Jesus heals a madman. Jesus heals a sick woman. Jesus raises a dead girl. And after he does these huge miracles that gains all of this attention, watch this, y'all, he goes home. And when he goes home, the interesting thing is, the text says in verse five, he could there do no mighty work in his own country, he could not do any mighty miracles. We just saw he has power to do it, but when he comes to his own country, it says in verse five, he could there do no mighty work, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. The mighty things that he had been doing in other places, when he comes home, text says he couldn't do it. Are you hearing me? Now, it begs the question, what changed? Does he suddenly have no power? 
in his own country? Does he suddenly have the power and the authority that he has to do in other places when he comes home? He can't do those things. What's up with that? And you see in verses one through five, the rejection of Jesus by his own people, his own countrymen, his own kinsmen. And they say basically, wait a minute. We know who you are. You Mary's boy. We know your brothers and we know your sisters. And so how is it that you can come and preach and teach in this synagogue with such power and such authority when we know who you come from? Don't be acting like you all that, Jesus. We know your, we know your folks. That, that's basically what's happening here. They're saying, look, you, you know, you, 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 you can't come here with all that to, talking all this stuff and, and, and acting all this way. No, he's like, they're like, we know your mama. We know your daddy. We know your brothers. We know your sisters. We know your grandmama, your grand. We know wh who you come from. So you can't put on with us, Jesus. And even though he has done these mighty things in other places, he couldn't do it for his own people. Are you hearing me? The, the stuff he had done in other places, when he came to his own country, because, watch this, mm, because, Verse six says, and he marveled because of their unbelief. That's what I want you to see. Their unbelief. He marveled because of their unbelief. And it was their unbelief in him that prevented him from doing the mighty things that he had done elsewhere. The unbelief. And, and, and let me suggest that it's not, that this unbelief is not just about unbelief um, uh, in the sense of, of salvation, unbelief in, in the sense of him being Jesus. It's unbelief in the sense of let, let me say it like this. It's, it's when you become too familiar with someone, right? It's them saying, oh, we know you. We know who you are. We, in fact, we, we know when you was born and watch this. And we know how you were born. They say it was a virgin birth, but you know, we know how you were born. And it's this, it's this familiarity, right? That, that breeds unbelief because they're so close to him. They can't see the miracle working power that is available through him. They're so close to him that they don't see his messiahship. They're so close to him that they don't see the sonship of him 
that, that he has of the father. They're so close to him that they don't see him outside of his familial bond, bonds. They just see him as a son of Mary, a son of Joseph, and a brother of these brothers and sisters. And it prevents them from seeing who he really is. And it's because of that, it's because of that, that Jesus, though he's performed all these miracles in other places for other people, when he came home, and it's a shame when hometown does not get the benefit. Are you hearing me? When hometown does not get the benefit of home people. And you hear this all the time. You, I mean, you, you hear this all the time, even in Jackson. You know, some people gripe about the fact that, you know, they can go everywhere else and, and be celebrated. But when they come home, uh, when they come to their hometown, that people, you know, don't, don't even recognize, don't even, don't even, you know, and, and not that they want recognition, but that, but that they can't do for their hometown what they do in other places because of other reasons. People get jealous. You know, I'm, I, let me, let, let's just go on and tell the truth. You know, people get funny. People get funny acting. Oh, that's so-and-so. He, he think he all that. He ain't all that. You know, and ain't nobody really trying to be all that. But 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 perhaps you could benefit, right? Perhaps I could be a blessing to you. Perhaps this person could be a blessing to Jackson, right? But but sometimes we get just so 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 caught up in making sure people know that they ain't all that, <laughs> right? Yeah, somebody said petty. Yeah, right. And we can be that. We can be petty. It, it's almost like it's almost like we have to let people know, you know, that we know where they came from, and we're not gonna let you forget where you came from. I know where I came from, but I also know where I've been. Right? Yeah. And so we have to we have to we have to recognize, and we have to we have to be better than that. We have to be better than that. Are you hearing me? We have to be better than that. His hometown did not benefit from the blessings that he could have given them because they were so caught up in making sure that he didn't think too much of himself. Mary's boy, <laughs> right? And they, and they missed the miracle working power because they were so busy rejecting and making sure that he stayed humble. And you know, church folk are like that. I'm gonna talk about you tonight. There are church folk who can be like that. There are church folk who will tell, who, who will say, Lord, 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 uh, uh, you, you know, we'll, we'll keep, we know how to keep him humble, <laughs> right? Uh, uh, we, we'll keep him humble, Lord, you keep him, you you keep him holy. We'll keep him humble. Uh, church folk used to say stuff like that, and 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 so and so. Let's be let's let's celebrate. Let me just say this. Let's just sell. If we could really get in the habit of celebrating people, 
you know, we preached this, we had this devotional last month, go be great. If we could really just let people be great and celebrate people's greatness without hating on them, right? Celebrate the fact that that when, when people leave Jackson and go and do great things and come back to Jackson, that we don't have to, you know, try and tear them down or tear something down. There. Celebrate them. Celebrate, celebrate, celebrate this young lady who 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 went off uh, uh, to, to and 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 made uh, a great career in Amazon, and now she's back and and she's building up downtown, having bought up all of this property, and she's going to make a tech hub. Uh, Dr. Dr. C, celebrate her, celebrate it. And you got so many people who 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 look at success and and try to try to minimize it or talk about it. And come on, people, we got to be better than that. We got to do better than that. So Jesus is at in his hometown, and and these his hometown are missing the blessing that he can provide because they want to make sure that he doesn't forget that he's Mary's and Joseph's boy. So, all right, so he's rejected. I want you to keep verse five in your mind for a second because I'm going to come back to that. We'll come back to verse five in a minute. Verses seven through 13, okay, verse six says, he marveled because of their unbelief and he went round about the villages teaching. He called unto him the twelve and began to send them forth by two and two and gave them power over unclean spirits and commanded them that they should take nothing for their journey, save a staff only, no script, no bread, no money in their purse, but be shod with sandals and not put on two coats. And he said unto them, in what place soever ye enter into an house, there abide till ye depart from that place. Whosoever shall not receive you nor hear you when ye depart, then shake off the dust under your feet for testimony against them. Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. And they went out, preached that men should repent. They cast out many devils and anointed many with and anointed with oil many that were sick and healed them. There we go. So now Jesus shares his power with his disciples. He shares his power with his disciples. Yeah, he shares his power with it. And here's 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 a good here's a good here's a good moment for you leaders out there. Don't be afraid to share your power. Hmm. I'm trying to help somebody. Oftentimes, people who are in leadership positions try to keep and hold on to their power. And Jesus does just the opposite. He shares his power with the 12. And basically, he says to them, you go do what I've been doing. I don't have to do this by myself. I don't, I don't need, I don't watch this. I don't need everybody to just look at me. 
I, I, he said, I, I, Peter, I give you some power. Matthew, I give you some power. John, here's some for you. You take some. You take some. And all of you all, you go and do what I've been doing. He shares his power. You want to be a good leader, you got to learn how to share. My God, my God. Too many, too many people, too many people get in leadership positions and try to hold everything to themselves. Shared power is a powerful thing. I'll say that again. Shared power is a powerful thing. When you realize that you can share authority with people, when you realize that, that what you've been given, you can share with others, watch this, and it actually multiplies what you're able to do. When you learn, watch this. My dad taught me this early on. Uh, when you learn how to replicate yourself, yeah, that that's that's sharing power. It's replicating what you are able to do because you can't do it all by yourself. But when you can pour yourself into other people, when you can pour your spirit into other people, when you can pour your being into other people and say, "This, these are my values. This is what I believe. This is, this is how I believe we can do it. Now go and do it like this. My God. Shared power. Jesus shares his power with the 12 and they go and do what he's been doing. Are you hearing me? Shared power. Mark of a mature leader is knowing and learning that he or she doesn't have to do it all by themselves. I'm going to say that again. Mark of a mature leader is learning and knowing that you don't have to do it all by yourself. That there are people who can work and who will work with you. Now, everybody, uh, be clear. You got to know who who you got to know who you're working with, right? And you got to understand where people's strengths are, right? But a mature leader, a good leader, is wise enough to know that he or she can't do all of this work by themselves. And you've got to learn how to replicate yourself, how to pour yourself into others, so that your spirit. And that's biblical, y'all. That's Bible. God, God does the same thing with Moses in the book of Numbers. Moses is complaining about the, the weight of the work, right, of judging uh, the, the, the cares and the affairs of, of, of the children of Israel. And, and God says to Moses, he says, come on, uh, bring 70 men. And he says, I, I'm going to I'm going to give some of the spirit that I gave you and put upon you, he says, I'm going to put it upon these men and let them, watch this, let them share the work with you. But watch this. He doesn't just give them work to do. He gives them first the spirit to do it, which means before you get out there doing any kind of work for the Lord, make sure you got your spirit in check. 
before you get out there working in the name of the church and working in the name of the Lord, make sure you got the spirit of God in you because you can't do spiritual work in your flesh. You, 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 you can't work with people in, in your own personality. That's why Jesus, that's, that's, that's why Paul writes, let this mind be in you, which also was in Christ Jesus. You can't, you can't do the work of the church in your own mind and in your own flesh. Let this spirit, come on somebody. I'm preaching good. You just ain't saying nothing. So, so, so Jesus shares, Jesus shares his power with his disciples and they go out doing and healing as he had. And he gives them instructions, sends them two by two. And he gives them instructions. He says that, listen, there are going to be some who are going to receive you. There are going to be some who are not. Don't be offended. Don't be offended. Let me help somebody. This is, this is some good teaching y'all for, for, for leaders and for those who are in ministry and who are are trying to do the work uh, that, that God has given you to do, listen to me and hear me well. Don't be offended when you are not received. Don't be offended. Don't be offended when people hear you but don't receive you. Jesus says to his disciples, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And who better to know it than Jesus by the fact that he had just been rejected by his own hometown. His own hometown had just rejected him. So Jesus says to his disciples, I'm giving you power, but understand, some are going to receive you. Some are going to reject you. Here it is. Don't let it get you down. Too many times, too many times, I'm going to try to talk to somebody. Too many times you let the one person or the one situation that didn't go the way that you wanted to go, you let that define for you the rest of that experience. And some of you get trapped and paralyzed in that moment of rejection, not realizing that there are others out there waiting for the opportunity to hear what you got to say. And you get paralyzed by the thought of being rejected. You get paralyzed by the thought that somebody's not going to receive you. And Jesus says, shake it off. Stop letting the fear of rejection get in the way of you moving forward. Some are going to hear you. Some are not. That's why he taught the, the parable of the soils earlier. He said, there's going to be some, some cultivated soils, some minds that are ready to receive it. There's going to be some compacted soil, some that, that's not going to receive it. Same lesson here. And Jesus says, don't let it slow you down. Shake it off. Somebody say it, shake it off. Quit, quit, letting, quit letting one moment in time define the rest of your future. Shake it off. Quit letting one failure define your future. Shake it off. Quit letting one rejection keep you from applying again. Shake it off. Quit letting one letter that said 
Thank you for applying, but we decided to go another way. Quit letting that keep you from going looking for the next job. Shake it off. Shake it off, somebody. Shake it off. Life, listen, everybody's not going to say yes to you. Who told you that lie? Everybody's not going to have open arms. There are going to be some people who don't want you. Shake it off. You single folk. There could be some folk who 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 you're gonna be in a relationship with, and they're gonna say, you know what? I don't like I don't like you anymore. I'm I'm done. Shake it off. Shake it off. Don't let that quit make you stop dating and make you stop believing that there's somebody out. I I wish y'all would talk to me in here. Shake it off. That's what Jesus says to his disciples. He says, I'm giving you power, but that power, watch this, y'all. That power that I'm giving you is not going to make people accept you. People still have a free will, a mind to decide. Some will, some won't. Get out of your feelings. Shake it off. Are you hearing me? Get out of your feelings. Get out of your feelings. Jesus said, uh-uh, you're not going to do ministry sulking over the fact that somebody didn't open their door, or sulking over the fact that somebody said, yeah, but I'm not hearing that. Nope. There's There are other people out there that I need to, I need, hey, I'm talking to some single right now because you, you've, been, you've been sulking too long. There are other people out there. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why I need to tell you that, but I need to tell you that there are other people out there. And if God, if God has a person for you, then you quit sulking over the fact that somebody rejected you. Get out there. All right, I'm going to stop. I'm going to get out of your business. I'm going to get out of your business. You single folk don't want, want me to help you right now. Amen. And, and, and hear me, ain't nothing wrong with being single. Let me say that. Ain't nothing wrong with being single. But if you don't want to be single, all I'm saying is don't let somebody's rejection keep you out of the game and kick you out of the game. Get back in the game. Talk to me, somebody. Get back in the game. All right. All right. Let me Let me move on. Let me move on. Let me move on. All right, verses 14 through 29. In verses 14 through 29, um, this is where John the Baptist, John the Baptist is beheaded. He's martyred. Um, and what happens here is, and I, I, I want you to read this on your, I want the, I want you to read this for yourself. Because this, this is an interesting, um, interesting moment. You remember Mark's gospel opens, begins, with John the Baptist. It begins with John the Baptist. In the first chapter. Um, and so it's interesting that by chapter six, John, and remember I told you, remember I told you that Jesus, um, when he begins his ministry, he does not look over John. In fact, he affirms the ministry of John. He goes to John 
and insists that John baptize him. Jesus comes with power and authority, and yet with all of the power and authority that Jesus has, he still goes to John and asks him to baptize him, right? And I, I, I mentioned that to you because for me, that just speaks again to the humility of Christ. And I, I need to tell somebody, whatever power and authority you've been given, don't let it go to your head. With all the power and authority that Jesus had, he still stopped by John. Affirm John. Let John participate in the inauguration of Jesus's ministry. Right? He let John put his hands on him. Don't get so big that you don't think you don't you can't let folk touch you. Don't get so big that you become untouchable, unrelatable. That, that, that folk can't can't get to you. Jesus, with all his power and authority, stops by John. And in chapter six, John is beheaded. John was in prison. And you got to read, you got to, you got to read this. I'm not going to read all this. You got to, I, I really want you to read, you know, I, I really want you to read that for yourself. I really want you to read that for yourself, how that all happened. Um, and who was all in play. Um, yeah, see, and I, I, I'm gonna tell you, one of, one of my things is I, I really, I, I try to, I try not to give you everything. I, I really believe there's some things you just ought to read for yourself. Um, I don't want to spoon feed you everything. And I know, I know you who are looking, you are Bible students and you're going to get in and you're going to read that word for yourself. Okay. So I want you to read that for yourself. I want you to read who's at play, who's involved, how that, that storyline develops, how the beheading happens. Um, the, the, the trickster features that you see. Uh, that 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 come into play. I want you to read that for yourself. Okay, that's your assignment. That's your assignment. Verses fourteen through twenty nine. That's your assignment. I'm gonna come back next week and see if you read it. Okay. Want to pick up? Uh, let's pick up with verse thirty. Let's pick up with verse thirty. Because it's interesting. Uh, verse thirty. Let me start reading right here. And the apostles gathered themselves together unto Jesus, and told him all things, both what they had done, and what they had taught. So this is, these are the disciples now coming back after Jesus has sent them out two by two. Now they're coming back, okay? Now they're coming back, and they're reporting. They're giving an assessment. They're giving a, 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 you know, an account of, of what has happened with this power and with this authority. Verse 31, and he said unto them, come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going and they had no leisure so much as to eat. Stop right there. Jesus, another, another, another good teaching moment for leadership is that after Jesus sends them out, 
And after they return, Jesus insists upon them resting. After they return, he insists that they go, the Bible says, into a desert place, a quiet place, rest a while. He says, for there were many coming and going and they had no leisure so much as to eat. Jesus sees the toll of ministry and he is not confused about the taxing burden of ministering to people. And he says to his disciples, y'all come on and rest. You've been doing the work. You've been, you, you've been going, you've been coming and you have not even had a chance to have a good meal. Come on, let's rest. Here's what I want to say to somebody. Don't let anybody make you feel guilty about taking care of yourself. Don't let anybody make you feel guilty about taking care of your family. Don't let anybody make you feel when you when you're putting in the work, when you're putting in the time. Well, and and let me say this. Don't you feel guilty yourself? Everybody needs rest. Everybody needs rest. And Jesus shows as much with his own disciples. He says to them, look, y'all hadn't even had a good meal. Stop. Let's let's break away from this. Let's get away from the crowd. You've been good job, guys. Now let's go rest. Amen, somebody. So he pulls them aside and they go and rest. Verse 32, and they depart into a desert place by ship privately. I love that. I love that. They had a private ship, y'all. They they. They, they had their own, they said, look, uh, <laughs> let me say it like this. Every moment can't be, you can't be in the spotlight all the time. You can't, you can't be in the spotlight all the time. You need some private time. If you're going to be any good in public, you need some private time with the master. If you're going to be any good in public ministry, you need some private time with the master. They went away privately. Got to where nobody could get to them. They turned their phone off. <laughs> Got off Facebook. Turned the Instagram off. 
It got private. Y'all don't like this. Yeah. They they put an instant uh, message in their email uh, when people wrote them, said, I'm on vacation. I'll return in on 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 Monday. I'm not reading emails. If this is an emergency, call so and so. Are you hearing me? All I'm saying is, listen. When you put in the work, take the time. Take the time. Amen. Amen. So they went. They went. In, they went by a ship privately. Verse thirty-three. Watch this. And it, this, this, this ought to help you. Verse 33, and the people saw them departing and many knew him. Now watch this. You need to, you need to understand this. Uh, when you're taking a vacation, folk, <laughs> folk take notice. And some of them, some of them, watch this. Some of them glad that you're taking a vacation to take care of yourself. And some of them mad that you're taking a vacation to take care of yourself. People saw them departing, right? You got, listen, you cannot please everybody. There are going to be some people who are going, who are going to, who are going to, who, watch this again, who are going to celebrate you, celebrate your success, and celebrate the fact that, that you're taking some time off. And then there are going to be some other people who say, he just took off, she just took off, so and so and so, right? Listen. If you got the hours on the job, they're saved up. You got the time. You can take the time. You better do it. What, what what's going to happen to the hours when when you get sick? See y'all not. See y'all not. Y'all don't want. Y'all don't want. Y'all don't want to talk real for me. Talk, let, let's talk real for a minute. You get sick. You got all these hours. You got to take medical leave. Okay. All right. I ain't going to get real with y'all. <laughs> all I'm saying is if you got all the time saved up and you never use it, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. All right. The people saw them departing. Many knew him and ran a, a foot thither out of all the cities and out and out went them and came together under him. So even though they watch this, even though they're going on vacation, folks still running after him. You know, folk like that. <laughs> Jesus, when he came out, so when he finally decided, OK, I've, I've had time, saw much people was moved with compassion toward them because they were as sheep, not having a shepherd. He began to teach them many things. When the day was now far spent, his disciples came unto him and said, this is a desert place. Now the time is far past. Send them away. that They may go into the country round about and into the villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. He answered and said unto them, give ye them to eat. Now, I love this because you sort of get the sense that sort of get the sense that that Jesus is taking up the slack. Right. Uh, he's called them to go away, to take some time. They do that. Jesus sees the multitudes and he reengages. While they're still resting, while they're still eating, Jesus reengages. 
And he starts teaching them because he sees that they are as sheep without a shepherd. So he reengages, he starts preaching and teaching. Disciples, finally, you know, like, all right, we're Jesus. Oh, there he is. Man, he's been at it all day. It's, a, it's about night. Jesus still going. Jesus, and disciples say, hey, 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 give a benediction. Real. Close. Right? Close. It's time. And uh, let them go. He said, let them go so they can get something to eat. Send them into the country so they can go. And Jesus says, okay, nope. He's like, look, you've had your rest. It's time to re-engage. <clears throat> you've had your rest. Let's get at it. And so there's this, there's this expectation that after you've had your rest, you got to re-engage. So there is then, wow, I'm almost out of time. I've, I've gone longer. I'm sorry. There is this re-engagement of ministry. And there, this is where we see the miraculous feeding of the 5,000, right? Jesus feeds the 5,000. And, and there's, a, there's a specific way that he does this. You, I, you, you, you read that, okay? How, how he counts, uh, and and the disciples are 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 included in this miracle. They are not. It's not just them watching Jesus, but Jesus gives them instructions, uh, things to do, uh, to to make this miracle happen. It is orderly. It is done in an orderly fashion. It is organized. Uh, they they count by groups of 50s, they set them in place. And then and then Jesus then performs the miracles after, after an orderly counting has been done. And what does that say to me? That says that if you're going to, watch this, if you're gonna participate in the miraculous, in the, if you're gonna participate in the miraculous, uh, things ought to be in order. Some, sometimes you ought to know, watch this, sometimes you ought to know the need before before mm, before you make the ask you ought to know the need before you make the request you ought to know the need Be before before you go asking for this you ought to know how you're going to use it good god almighty right, let me let me move on all right verses 45 through 52 jesus walks on water jesus walks on water on verses 40 verses 45 through 52 um and, and it's here, it's here where Jesus is walking on water. And the text says in verse 50, uh, no, I'm sorry, in verse, oh gosh, verse 48, verse 48. And he saw them toiling and rowing for the wind was contrary unto them. About the fourth watch of the night, he cometh unto them walking upon the sea and would have passed by them. But when they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it to be a spirit. He cried out, for they all saw him and were troubled. And immediately he talked with them and said unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. And he went up unto them into the ship, and the wind ceased. They were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure and wondered, for they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their hearts were hardened. Here we see, watch this, the, the storm that they were in is calmed, and it's calmed without him saying anything. Jesus does not say peace be still here. That's another, that's another storm. 
in this in this storm, he's just walking, gets into the boat, and the wind stops. So and so and so in in chapter chapter four, in chapter four verses thirty five through forty one, that's when you see Jesus rebuking the storm. In this storm, he doesn't say a word which again points to this whole power and authority thing because Jesus comes to them walking on the water. In the other in the other uh in chapter 4, he is with them in the boat. In this in this chapter, he's not with them, he comes to them walking on top of the water, walking on the very thing that is is bothering them. In chapter 4, he's with them and says, "Hey, why are you so scared? I'm with you." In chapter six, he comes to them. And when he gets in the boat, the storm stops. The storm stops. I'm out of time, y'all. In chapter, in chapter, in verses uh, 53 through 56, Jesus heals many. I'm out of time. In verses 53 through 56, I want you to compare. I want you to compare verse five which is what I told you I wanted to come back to. I don't have time, but I want you in your study tonight, compare verse five to verse 56, okay? Compare verse five to verse 56. You'll see something beautiful come out uh, in, in this whole, in this whole uh, how, so how that begins and how that ends, something beautiful happens there, okay? I'm out of time. I thank you for yours. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Let's have a word of prayer, beloved. God, in all things, we give you glory, honor, and praise. And we thank you tonight that things that are impossible for us are possible with you. Things that are beyond our power and our control and beyond our ability to do anything about God, we're thankful that those things are but small things to you. For your power is so much greater. Your might surpasses all of the things that are just so much for us. And so, Lord, we ask that you remind us in those moments to lean and depend completely upon you. Thank you, Lord, that you can speak to our storms. But we also thank you, Lord, that you can just ride with us through them. And that either and both ways, we're okay. Thank you, Lord. That even in contexts where there is disbelief, that you still perform some miracles. <laughs> Lord, we pray that we would be a people who believe you fully and completely so that you can perform the mighty works 
in our lives that you desire. God, let us be a people also who celebrate one another, who celebrate each other's successes, who celebrate our own, not looking with an eye of jealousy or envy or discontent, but rather, Lord, that we lift one another up so that those things that are good and lovely and of good report, God, that we speak on those things. Lord, we pray for this city. You know the needs. We pray for our leaders. You know their needs. God, we pray for our state. You know what it needs. We all are standing in the need of prayer. So Lord, do now your mighty miraculous works in us, with us, and for us. Grant it, O oh God, in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. God bless you. We love you. Listen. Better, brighter days are coming, y'all. Y'all keep believing it. Keep holding on to it. We will see you on Sunday. God bless. Good night.